because women are being judged for things that men are not being judged for but applauded for and I think uh, we all should as humans should have the same freedom to experience the world and discover it on your own way without being in danger or without being judged Hello and welcome to episode 27 of Lo-Fi Podcast. I'm John Wentz, recording conversations with artists, musicians, and filmmakers from my flat in Paris, France. In this episode, I have a long and engaging conversation with painter Martine Johanna from the Netherlands. Martine's works are vivid and autobiographical, depicting both direct realism and non-objective abstract elements. In this episode, we discuss her beginnings in street art, living and working with ADD, the personal and impersonal elements of her work, delving into side projects such as her illustrated book due out in November, and her explorations as a vocalist in creating music. From her website, Color and Form as a Metaphor, an Allegory in Tones, a visual analog to the causation and bounds of our patriarchal society and visual attempts at the understanding of the psychic landscape and development. Concepts based on dreams, personal experiences, and personality conflicts between the authentic self, taught mannerism, and projected morality. Martin Johanna's practice revolves around the activity of painting, drawing, and writing. She was born and raised in Gelderland, Netherlands, and has studied at Art Easy, the Academy of Fine Arts in Arnheim, obtaining a bachelor's degree and a master's degree. She has exhibited in multiple solo shows in the Netherlands, Europe, and the United States. Her work is part of several private collections and has been published in diverse books and magazines. Her paintings were also featured in two episodes of the HBO hit series, True Detective. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. And without further delay, Martin Johanna. So it's just completely a conversation that is semi-guided in my little pea brain. And you're in your studio now, yeah? Yeah, I am. It's my work behind me. I can't really... It's like... Oh, gorgeous. Big ass studio. That is a beautiful studio and beautiful paintings. Allows yeah. you to work big. Wow. And that um that studio is in your living space, yeah? In your house. Yeah, cuz I uh, used to work in um uh live and work in Amsterdam. Right, right. But uh my uh, uh I had like a little flat over there and it's really uh like an apartment. And it's uh, really expensive to uh, yeah. rent something and have a studio separate. So we did have a studio separate, but then uh, Amsterdam got pretty crowded and more dirty with like tourists and uh, tourism and just uh, general uh, like pollution. And then I one day I just went online to look for like a 50s architectural little house, like a one-story house, you know, how they're in oh, the piece, yeah. they were like, and, but I did do like a square meter thing uh, uh-huh. where I looked for a lot of square meters. And then this one popped up where in like a U-shaped 
house. Oh, okay. It's just one story with trees around it. And uh, it used to belong to an artist. And uh, she passed away. And we oh, were wow. the only ones interested in the building. And it's in 1950 style, but it's uh, uh, from the 90s. They uh, designed it themselves. Uh, so it, it has like four meter high ceilings. The wow. whole U-shape on the inside is glass. Oh, that's and, amazing. And it's in the middle of nature. So, uh, yeah, it's way better in so many ways than uh, living in the city. So Yeah, the, you must get space. amazing... You must get amazing light too, yeah? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really nice, although you might have noticed, like, I have... No, I can't see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have, like, daylight uh, TL lighting. Like, yes, yeah. Uh, so I can work through the night because I'm not a morning person at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, afternoon, evenings is my best uh, type. So uh, okay. I can work throughout and then, uh, yeah. So that's nice. Yeah. yeah. So the light uh, during the day doesn't really matter. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Do you yeah. ever have, a sh I tried that. Like I, cause now I, anytime I'm hunting for a studio, I actually try to find a studio without windows because I found, um, whenever I had a studio with a nice window space, I don't know why my eyes would freak out when I'd paint in the day. And even if I got matching bulbs, I mm -hmm. would always see a shift in color once the sun went down and then I'm going by yeah. lights and it would just drive me mad. Yeah. Well, I've had, uh, before I had the daylight, uh, lighting, I mean, that makes it better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, yeah. Not perfect. No. So sometimes I, uh, come, uh, like, like I've worked late, in the evenings also in Amsterdam and uh, I was completely excited. I was like, yeah, I'm on a roll and it looks awesome. And then you come back in the morning and it's like a nightmare of wrong colors. And yeah, yeah. Because the hues are so different at, at night, you know? And, uh, mm -hmm. and then the whole effect that you imagined in the evening is completely gone. And it's just, you can start all over again. Thankfully I work with acrylic, so it's uh, quick and easy fixes. Yeah, yeah. I was really yeah. surprised by that because your your handling looks so um, oil based. Uh, yeah, uh, if you see the works up close, mm -hmm. I yeah, I don't show a lot of detail shots, but you see, like I I I paint a little bit like I draw because I uh -huh. I've never uh, I mean I, I I did go to an art academy. But I've never mastered like uh, traditional skills to paint. Okay. Uh, so I I started with drawing years back. I always liked to draw, and I, I used to be a fashion designer. Uh, so the drawing comes really easily, and I have like a short uh, movement in my hand. Mm -hmm. uh, like I'm not able to do straight lines for a long time or you know or like a long <laughs> uh, so it's really a sketch movement and i do the same with painting more or less it's like stacking colors like small stripes oh, uh, and that's how you get effect i i think uh, it looks like oil but it's absolutely not it's really yeah, like yeah. Uh, the colors that are stacked against each other and then your eyes 
like optical mixing yeah it's optical mixing yeah it's not literally blended so people always oh, say okay. I blend well, but I'm I'm not not even able to do that. <laughs> ah, that's oh, that's so funny. Yeah, because yeah. especially when you look at how you approach hair, when I see it from a yeah. distance, um, and I don't think because I know you've had um, some shows with spoke art and stuff, but I don't think yeah. I've seen a. No, I have seen one piece in person. It was a while ago, though. But yeah, just looking from a distance at the hair, yeah. it looks so immaculately blended. Yeah, it's. It's not. And it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's your your uh, the viewer's eyes uh, do the trick. I, yeah. I like that sort of. It's like an optical illusion. It, yeah. yeah, I think you're right too. And it also, um, I think it's like I, something I talk about all the time. Something I learned from school was a, this principle um, that the director talked about with us called principle or not principle. Use that word. Uh, impact and payoff mm-hmm. in a painting. And his theory was that impact is that seeing a piece of artwork from the distance. And of course, that's things like values and shapes and design holding up. And that entices you to come closer. And payoff is the things like details, brush strokes, things like that. So that's where, yeah, that optical, when you get close and you see like, oh, wait, it's not blended. Yeah. Is that part of like the payoff? Yeah, exactly. I, I think uh, also uh, I always went to museums a lot and I really like uh, pointillism. Oh, okay, you know, yeah. like turn of century uh, style with all the Sarah. dots. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's uh, the way it comes alive from a distance, you know, it's, I think it's genius for that time as well. And we, But when you come closer, things become more abstract. I really yeah. like that, that whole principle of it not being too photographically perfect, you know? Yeah, totally, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I like I like that structure and how it's not perfect and and uh, but that does something to you that makes you believe it's sort of real, but it's not. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 You're schooling. You have both bachelor. Well, not both. If you have a master's, you have a bachelor's. Yeah. But you have a master's degree, correct? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. And but did you you started in fashion? Because I had read that you worked in yeah. fashion. Yeah. It's. Uh, it's a bit uh, uh, like I come from a generation where like my parents, they were okay with me going to art school on the uh-huh. condition that I would like learn a trade. They uh-huh. didn't see art as a trade necessarily. Okay. <laughs> Although I make more money right now than <laughs> a <different> profession, <laughs> but yeah, whatever, you know, it's all <laughs> perception, you know? So, uh, uh, but they thought like, okay, you need to learn trade. So maybe you should do fashion because I also like clothes and I like, like costume historical things and, uh, and anything creative I do. So I still make clothing or, uh, like projects with fabrics or, so I think creativity is a larger than just one outing, you know? Totally. So, uh, I was fine with it. And uh, I even had a discussion with the, yeah, how do you say that? It's like this commission of people that you have to talk to to get into the art school. Oh, you yeah. Know? It's like a, it's like a six, board of directors or something. Six, yeah, six people. Yeah. And I, I, I was constantly like, yeah, I want to go to art school. And they were like, yeah, but I think you should do painting. And I was like, no, I'm not allowed. <laughs> so I'll do fashion. And they were like, I don't understand. Why don't you do painting? And I was like, no, I got, it's like the deal breaker. So I have to do fashion. 
So they hired me anyway. Like they took me in anyway. And uh, yeah. it was fun. I had the best time at the academy. And then uh, afterwards, uh, I mean, you do get painting and drawing that stuff. You still get that. Right. And it was in Arnhem where, I don't know if you know Victor and Rolf. The, oh, the yeah, yeah, designers. Yeah. yeah so yeah. they were a couple of years uh, above me. Mm-hmm. like uh, before and uh it's a good school it's like like a proper really good art school and uh yeah. so i learned a lot and uh i after i graduated um i i went to paris <laughs> i went to yeah. paris for a couple of months as a as a fashion illustrator because oh, wow. i felt like oh, i like drawing so why not do that and uh yeah it was complete fail- failure how so because i love the french like but they're not the nicest people if you don't know french <laughs> you know i'm what, really bad at french at french <laughs> language <laughs> and they're so nationalistic <laughs> so every time i would speak it took too long so they just turned around and ignored me for the rest of the uh, of the conversation it's hilarious i must have met than the nicest people in Paris because everybody has told me that. And yeah. it's actually, um, I spent a month in, uh, in, in Leiden mm-hmm. uh, back in October. And that was one of the first things that they, they were telling me, you know, it was about the French and like the French have such a bad reputation in, and oh, in, yeah. in America too. That's the way they, but then when I got here, so I was like really prepared. I'm like, okay, I need to really learn French. So I was trying really hard. Yeah. And my experience has been the opposite. They're okay. just like, oh, it's okay. It's okay, you little American. We speak English. Yeah, so it's I, actually hard. Yeah, I so guess. It's changed. <laughs> well, I think it's also the like the the scenes where you uh, are Absolutely. in, you know, because the art yeah. scene is more flexible because uh, I know artists uh, over there as well, and they're much more open and, and they know English as well, and they'll, they'll try to communicate. But I think... Uh, in the fashion world, which I turned my back to, <laughs> uh, uh, it's just uh, different, you know. It's uh, like yeah. eat or be eaten uh, kind of stuff. I can um, imagine. Yeah. So afterwards, I did like a master's degree, but it was more in sort of uh, concepting and uh, you know m- more of a link towards creative industry. So how to make concepts okay. and, and write and all that kind of stuff. So that's what I did. It's not painting at all. <laughs> so I was a fashion designer for 10 years and uh, started living in Amsterdam on my own. And uh, that's a short version. <laughs> <laughs> and, there's uh, a long version to that? Yeah, there's a long version. <laughs> Is that the version but, uh, that like where you were like uh, finding yourself and partying well, in Amsterdam or something. Well, yeah, I can make the shorter version a little longer, I guess. So It's up to you. I well, the thing is like I think uh also sometimes it's hard when you uh sort of want to fulfill expectations from your parents for instance. So I started yeah. with that with a school, with art school. Also, I was a little bit black sheep in the family. So, uh, uh okay. you know, I always caused trouble and stuff and uh I also experienced a lot of uh, bad things in my uh, okay. in growing up, and what I did in response was trying to uh, adapt to what the people in my life expected from me. You know, so yeah. Hence, the art school 
with a different uh, direction. And uh, also, uh, I got married really early. Oh, okay. To somebody my parents really liked. <laughs> He's a great <laughs> guy, by the way. We never yeah. fought. So, but I got divorced as well. So uh, oh, okay. I got divorced at one point because I, I just noticed like I'm living this life that's not really my own choice. I'm just trying to be like a good person for other people. Right. And uh, uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, so I and and this is very personal, but it's okay. You can still. <laughs> I took birth control from a really young age, and I found out that uh -huh. I can't take hormones because that makes me really flat. Like even. Oh, okay. So I stopped taking those, <laughs> and within a couple of months, I was divorced. And, wow. Uh, And I lost 14 kilos and I uh, lived on my own in Amsterdam and I was making street art. <laughs> uh, really? Yeah. It was uh, like a veil had lifted. And uh, so I, I chose all these things for myself and uh, while working at a fashion design uh, company and uh, they were a little worried that I, I did not have enough focus on them, you know, as a, as a company. Yeah. Because in the evenings, I would go out with my pals and make street art. What kind of street art were you doing? Like like uh, big-ass murals, and uh, but just freehand. And uh, okay. I could spray paint or paint and, uh, and uh, yeah. just hang out and just uh, freehand it. I can send you a couple of pictures. I would love to see it. <laughs> I have no idea. It's, it's just a complete... Uh, uh, Like, I don't know, it's, it really looks like also like I was finally free, you know? Yeah, I was going to ask, is that kind of like what happens, you know, the idea of like you're held back so much, it's almost kind of like pulling an arrow back in a bow. And then finally, when you dropped all that, is like the bow yeah. just took yeah, off. It was just uh, an epiphany. Like I was never, sure. I, I spent my, uh, uh, the first nights in my house uh, or in my little flat apartment. I spent it on my own with a couple of boxes and a bed and I was so intensely happy and that just yeah. stayed from then on like I would go in the evenings I would go on, out on the street with my bike and that's how I met my friends oh, okay and they were also online on some kind of platform it was called photolog do you know photolog I don't know what is it yeah oh okay that's cool uh so That was a Brazilian site before Facebook, before MySpace, before, oh, yes. <laughs> just after the computer And, started. <laughs> well, not really, but social media was like uh, not a big thing yet. And, uh, right, right. Uh, uh, the internet has lost its innocence since then. But uh, yeah. yeah, so you could upload one photo a day. And then all these Brazilian people, which I didn't know, would like, have comments underneath like oh uh, awesome and this kind of stuff so i would post little drawings on them yeah but then uh, there slowly there was starting to be like a community of uh, street artists that would post uh, a work or a sticker a little drawing on it every day once a day uh -huh. and i got to meet those people in real life and then we started hanging out so i i, I don't know i really like that idea of something starting half digitally 
and you meet people yeah. like-minded and then you start doing things together, you know, making stuff and, and just hanging out and, and talking about life. Nothing heavy, just having fun, like a colorful group of people. And I was the only girl, which was fun. So oh, cool. yeah, that's how it started. And then after a while, uh, so at my job, they started worrying like, oh, your focus is not completely on the work and we want you to design more and uh, be focused only on the company. And I thought it was the most ridiculous thing somebody ever asked me. Because <laughs> I was like, no, this is like inspiration to me, you know, doing this yeah. and making stuff and hanging out and talking and inspiring each other. Like that helped me also doing my day job. Right. So in the end, I um, I said, like, I want to work less for the same money. <laughs> and I want to do more <laughs> street art. Demand. Yeah. Yeah. I want to make you. more. I want to make more street art. And so the, it took two weeks and they had like discussions with the board. And uh, uh, of course they were not able to <laughs> convince them. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and then he said, yeah, I'm not able to. So uh, it's your choice. And I said, well, I quit, which is really dumb to do. Cause in, in the Netherlands, you don't have the right to any like money if you leave yourself right, like an unemployment benefits yeah, yeah exactly so but benefits. i was fine with it so i walked out of the room my colleagues were like uh oh you got the promotion i was like no man i quit i was so happy <laughs> <laughs> i was so happy like nothing against my colleagues because they were awesome but yeah i just couldn't deal with the whole company structures and i have like uh problems with authority and Everything another mm -hmm. artist uh, has as well, probably. Yeah, yeah. We're a so, common breed. Yeah. Uh, we like to think for ourselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As much as we can. Yeah. And, and then just coincidentally, I, I also started to uh, like exhibit, being asked for exhibits. And I, I would sell one painting a month and that would pay my rent. And uh, after half a year or something, I, uh, I started teaching at... Uh, university of amsterdam or like yeah it's like a higher education okay and there i started to teach uh like concepting and uh, stuff like that what you that's what yeah. you got your master's in so you started teaching that yeah 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 and also the experience okay. of uh, work, working in the fashion industry because it's like a fashion school uh fashion okay. education and I I really love teaching so much. I don't do it anymore since a year, but uh, oh, okay. it's so nice to work with young people and well, yeah, uh, you have real discussions and 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 see them develop. And you know, I, yeah. I really love my students. I still do. I still have contact with them. So uh, yeah, the, so that's How really nice. Uh, yeah, it's just like. I was far away and uh, and it got too much okay. like the teaching together with the art. It just uh, got overwhelming. And uh, I think one and a half year ago, I got a burnout, <laughs> which I didn't uh, know okay. what, what that was, but now I do. Hindsight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hindsight 2020, but I'm fine now. Like I still have to be careful not to overdo, but I have, I have AD, ADD. Uh, oh, do you? Okay. Yeah, so uh, that uh, and then if you work too much and you have too much of a load on your shoulders, like it's too heavy, I couldn't find solutions for that. 
So I would just say yes to everything, you know? Right. right. But then, yeah, that's a but lot. Then, yeah, that doesn't work. So, yeah. No. Sometimes the best thing you can do is say no. But yeah, if you have a certain way of working or a condition, that's impossible. Well, you, you can't do your best for everything. If you do yeah. too much, like it's going to be uh, just uh, not enough everywhere. And, and that's the thing that does you in, you know? You have right. the feeling that you fail on all, on every spot that you're involved in. And now, now it's much better because now I'm just I'm doing one thing and <laughs> a thousand other things. <laughs> but <laughs> which, least, which we'll get into. <laughs> but at least I'm not, uh, you know, uh, hindering other people with it. <laughs> just myself. Yeah. Just yourself. Yeah. You're only accountable for yourself. <laughs> exactly. Which is way better. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it makes it easier. Yeah, that that idea of disappointing other people just kind of compounds the the guilt and the bad feelings for yourself. Yeah, it does. And then, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, in your long term thinking, also if when you have ADD, long term thinking is not the strongest point anyway, because you live very much in the moment, you know, which also yeah, makes yeah. Uh, for great adventures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah how so like what <laughs> <laughs> well yeah when i started like i'm now i'm a little more calmed down and uh but man i i would like uh i remember myself like climbing on high heels <laughs> climbing over drawbridge in amsterdam quite drunk oh <laughs> <laughs> wow well that's the, <laughs> isn't, that's the other thing with add is it's not just in the moment it's um how, how do you word it it's uh um, you're not looking at repercussions no. or the effects of things. It is literally in the moment without consequence. Exactly. And uh, which wow. is a lot of fun. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. It, it just, it hinders you when you have to do structural things, you know, also with people. Sure. And, uh, yeah. But, uh, but uh, yeah, it's all fine. I mean, uh, and my students love me, so that's fine. Also, also. That's all that matters. <laughs> so how is it, is that difficult for you to manage your art career then? Uh, yeah. So that's why I find, I mean, sometimes I'm like, I, I really like with working with galleries that are nice, like nice people. Yeah. Uh, Cause they, uh, yeah. Sometimes I find it hard. Like, yeah, yeah. They take 50%. I don't know if anyone knows that, but uh, they take 50%. And it's, of course, it's rent from, for the buildings that they're in when you're doing an exhibition. But it's also for all the trouble they take, like doing all the communications with clients and, you know, think about uh, a career plan with you. They talk to you about your art. You give you feedback. They, yeah, they just do a lot of stuff that you are not the best at always as an artist. So that's yeah. why I like working with galleries a lot because they, uh, if they're good, they'll really help you out and uh, yeah. not make you do all the work. <laughs> yeah. So it, yeah, that's daunting. Yeah. So th that also helps, and I think planning, uh, like if there's an exhibition set, like a date set, I can handle that really well. Because mm -hmm. then I have a deadline. It's in writing. I have to remind myself now and then how long it takes uh, before yeah. it's there, <laughs> the deadline, uh, several times. But uh, yeah, still, now it, it works uh, well for me to work with galleries in that sense, like good galleries. 
they they will help me out with the things that I'm not good at, like communication. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's the thing, right? Yeah, yeah it's it's nice that there's an option now because I think some artists work better independently. Yeah, but I don't think some people really realize how much work it is. Yeah how much work a gallery does. And that's such an interesting conversation because since the internet opened up, you know, more and more there's a complaint, like people are so shocked about the 50%. I've never had a problem with it. It's like, you don't understand how much the galleries do and how much they yeah. think it's just put it on the wall and somebody sells it and it's no. packing it, shipping it, keeping up with clients, all the stuff that really sucks. If you're an artist, nobody exactly. Yeah. Cause I'd rather not... just paint. also with clients uh, and I love them. Like I'm so grateful for everyone that wants to purchase my work and uh, most of them they're just really nice also and but i i just don't want to get into emails about you know handling money or other things and and uh, i'm not good at it at all so um and also it's never one email <laughs> nowadays is, like people like to that's chat. amazing <laughs> it's never one email so it never ends you know when once you start and i'm i just i'm just really bad i'm i'm like i postponed like replies to emails and i i love everyone that i'm communicating with like it's they're all good people and, and good friends or but i i just yeah i just suck at it i'm sorry <laughs> no, no, no. Like that, I think you make a great point. One, I think that's hilarious. I think that should be the saying for the last 20 years is it's never one email. It's never one email. Like, but don't you find, too, the thing about that is it's so hard. Um, and people have complained to, about this since the birth of the Internet is that our attention spans are disappearing or they're shrinking. And for an artist, that's a terrible thing where you used to be able to paint for maybe eight hours straight. Yeah. So if you have something constantly pinging and or notification, yeah, that's I, not good. I don't have that. I have one social media outlet. I deleted everything else. So I have Instagram. Yeah. Even that gets on my nerves sometimes, like when people are starting to become like the thought police or something. And oh, trying yeah, to I'm tell every right Yeah, me too. Uh <laughs> because, you know, it's it's like that we are not ready for the internet still not ready as human. I think you're right. Kind. Yeah, I think you're right. Because yeah. also it, it takes so much away from the subtlety of having a real conversation with like intonation and, and facial expressions. And uh, you have to weigh your words constantly, how you say it, because, and even then you can't read between the lines, you know, so people interpret, mm. they are also, a lot of people are looking online or on social media for a fight or for a discussion, or they're just being like an activist for the sake of being an activist, whatever that <laughs> means. Yeah, and, yeah. And it's just, uh, I, I think uh, a lot, lots of it gets lost, you know, com in the communication and everything turns into uh, sort of absolutism. And mm -hmm. I don't believe in absolutism. I'm really a great Neither thinker. Uh, I think uh, nobody has the real complete truth. There's always middle grounds. I mean, that's why we function as humans when we find middle grounds, not as an opposite screaming at another person how they should do it. Yeah. Or, <laughs> so, so I think a lot of that 
nuance gets lost on the internet and uh and also it's like fast food man for the brain it's fast food people are liking yeah, yeah. clicking uh make decisions in a in a heart less than a heartbeat and uh-huh. uh, uh without really being informed or or being interested you know it's all fast food so i also developed a, like this research uh, course on uh when i was a teacher on art and then the widest mm-hmm. perspectives also film and uh writing and uh imagery like f- photography or painting or uh performance art just anything or dance and th- they had to look up their favorite artists on that okay. whole playing field and yeah. and uh, they had to save the work like uh print it out save it for themselves and then write down their own thoughts about it, why they liked it so much or why it spoke to them, even if it gave them uncomfortable feelings. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards they had to research why, you know, uh, or no, no, I'm saying it wrong. So uh, they had to research uh, what the meaning of the artist was like, what the the, The concept and the the concept and the intent of the artist was. And also why is it compelling to you? They had to answer that question. And I think that was a really good uh, um, research project because then they finally understood why something made them uncomfortable or sometimes the artist's intent is different than the outcome for you. And, you know, it's all stuff that makes you think. And all that gets lost on the internet today, you know. It's all fast food fast food for the brain and um, you lose meaning a lot of um, yeah I don't know if I say it right but uh, no I think yeah you said it perfectly and and I agree too it's kind of a shame it, when you talk specifically about art too that like you said it is exactly like fast food where really art and I I, I believe they did a study on this like a handful of years ago um, and I may be misquoting it but they were how long it takes for art to start engaging the brain i think it was mm-hmm. and it was something i think around 20 minutes yeah. of looking at a piece of work and so yeah. when you contrast that with the not even 20 seconds that yeah. happens online it's yeah. madness it's really it's 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 a great social media is a great platform for advertising your art but it's not a great platform for actually experiencing art yeah, and that i mean that should be an obvious but it's not an obvious thing for most people yeah, it's uh, uh, you. You, I, I, I think the upside is people see more, like they see mm-hmm. more yeah, exactly. what's going on, and uh, but because it's the downside is because it's so um, fluchtig, uh It's so um, I'm trying to find the English word for it. Fleet, fleeting. Yeah, you know? fleeing. Yeah, uh, that uh, people also go for pretty a lot. Like if it's just pretty or like perfectionistic, uh, yeah, yeah. like a uh, well-drawn eye, you know, we all know yeah. the well-drawn eye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and uh, or, or like digital, uh, that's just pretty uh, sort of unrealistic uh, beauty faces. That sort of stuff does really well online, but it, it does it fall flat really quickly when you don't, when there's nothing behind it, I, I don't have anything against like pretty or uh, because, my, you know, in my work, I also play with that concept of mm-hmm. attraction. 
but uh yeah it's just yeah a lot a lot of it like conversations and imagery it becomes meaningless when you engage with it so shortly yeah it's like good conversations sometimes you need a good conversation instead of you know battling it out on the <laughs> <laughs> yeah on the I internet <laughs> how much of that do you how much of that do you think is the technology versus the culture as well because my my experience is in america when i came here i've been here around three years now mm-hmm. and discourse is an entirely different thing at least my in my experience in mm-hmm. europe than it is in the u.s and being that it happens more people talk more here and especially i have to say in the netherlands people are very friendly very willing to talk and very direct <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that brings me in a lot of trouble. <laughs> I'm really I can imagine. Yeah, not yeah. not everybody is. It was the first thing I was warned about when I set foot in the Netherlands. Yeah, we don't we don't person. have the veneer of uh of uh politeness. So we might come across as less friendly sometimes. When you're uh-huh. in America, I, I come there a lot and I love it. Like, I love the country so much. It has to do also with, you know, being a big film fanatic. And uh, I love Stephen King, for instance. Oh, okay, nice. <laughs> but I love the popular culture side of uh, America and the, the whole, yeah. It, 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 you know, it's an interesting country. You know, it's made out of a lot of Europeans. Yeah. Uh, uh, already from a long time ago. Don't, don't we, tell us that. We messed things up, you know. <laughs> we should yeah, have yeah. never gone there. <laughs> but, uh, okay. But, uh, yeah, no, the culture is so interesting. It's It has this layer of veneer that's really polite and, and, and welcoming. And I really believe that the welcoming and this, the politeness and the enthusiasm is really, it is sincere, but it's also like a, a veneer layer of a smile yeah. and mm-hmm. it takes a long time before you break through the smile and and then you see what's really going on on the inside you know and i I, yeah. I find it really interesting because the culture developed like that i think because of its diversity also america is really diverse although sometimes people forget it i guess but uh it's made out of diversity yeah it is and uh uh so I think that veneer of politeness is also has a really good function. It's like social lubricant. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it is. Yeah. And politeness and, and uh, enthusiasm. And I think that if, I think it's really good and it functions until yeah. a certain point. But uh, uh, also uh, I think if you compare America to the Netherlands, I think Netherlands is so small that we are always forced to look outward instead mm-hmm. of inward. And uh, the U.S. is an inward-looking country because they're big enough. They have enough diversity also, you know, even in climate and and, uh, and, and, and states. And it, everything is so different. So you have everything in one country to help you succeed yeah. in the country. Yeah, yeah. And Netherlands is much smaller. So we have to also be more uh, specific in what our skills are. So 
our scales are water, for instance. Yes. yes. <laughs> Otherwise, we would be flooded. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we have to look outward, you know, and 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 also be helpful to other people, uh, other countries. We have to be interested in other countries, also because we are very reliant on trade with other right. countries, and uh, and that also makes us eager to learn. And we're in no means per- perfect at all. But I think that is a big difference in that we are used to the discussion and we are not afraid to hurt someone's feelings. Yeah. Which is difficult <laughs> when you, like me, have like a lot of people following me from the US. <laughs> and yeah, I, yeah. And I, yeah, sometimes I can't deal with the dramatic side and uh, yeah, it's, I find it hard. Yeah. But it's, yeah. uh, I, I like open discussion and uh, just talking about everything honestly and respecting each other's, you know, opinions as long as you don't hurt anyone, literally. I think a lot of uh, things are possible to discuss and be different. In. You, can, you can disagree and still have a conversation and Absolutely. yell at each other. It, yeah, it, and it's something that I feel like is disappearing more and more yeah, in the U.S. But out here, not at all, not in Europe. Yeah, and I think truth is really in the middle. I think uh, that's why democracies work, is because you do it together, you know? Yeah. Because you can't know everything on one side. You can't. Because then it becomes extremist, and uh, we all know what that does in all types of ways. I mean, extremism doesn't work, you know? It's uh, Right. <laughs> I, You know, so when you were talking about um, water in the Netherlands, I, I learned what you guys have. How many words for rain? Like six hundred. Uh, really? <laughs> I wasn't it's aware. Oh, so, no, you weren't. Okay. I wasn't aware. No, is that? Oh no, I just have an, ins- an insane amount. Regen. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Regen. I often find my my uh, Dutch friend sent me this video that talks about all the different. It's a comedy video, all the different uh, uh, words you have for rain. Maybe yeah. it's three hundred. It's in the hundreds. Yeah, probably, but I don't think like in common language when we talk about rain, it's just rain. Oh or, no, no, no. Or it's yeah, like yeah. drizzle, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same. Yeah. In, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I think I think it's uh, it's funny to you know to also make uh, fun of your own culture. I think um, you have to. Yeah, you have to. You have to have the a little bit of humor in life. Otherwise, yeah. it's not worth living at all. The know? second you take yourself way too seriously, I feel like you wind up, and this isn't the only reason, uh, but you know, the you look in the U.S., like the Trump administration, like a guy like him. I think self-reflection <laughs> is the most healthy thing you can have. Absolutely. Because you can never have all the knowledge in the world. It's not possible. You don't know. In the end, we yeah. don't know sh- sh- shit. You can swear. Okay, okay. good. <laughs> In the end, you don't know shit. <laughs> you all know. Yeah, you Only don't. thing you know, you don't even know if there is a God, whether you believe in it or not. You don't know until you hit that mark, you know? And yeah, I think exactly. uh, uh, also, yeah, if you take yourself too seriously, I mean, uh, you have to be able to laugh about yourself and have some perspective and also see that you might be wrong, you know, about things. Right. Yeah. And I think otherwise you stop growing. And you just start repeating the same stuff, and uh, and uh, it's that's not helping. You can't evolve with time if you don't if you stand still. Yeah. How do you then, as an artist, you apply that perspective to your own work? Yeah. Uh, well, 
Ah, yeah, that's a good question. Well, first of all, I'm my own biggest critic. I know I always bring my work quite positive, of course, on you know Instagram and. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People course, don't yeah. read. <laughs> like sometimes I'll, I'll just write acrylic painting, and then people will ask me underneath, like, "What medium do you use?" <laughs> yeah, is so that oil? That like says, me? <laughs> yeah, and that says something about if people read or not. So uh, I I, start, I try to keep it simple, but uh, yeah, no, I'm really critical about my own work, also concept wise, and in execution. So my expectations are always I'm now. I know it's a podcast, so I'm aiming really high right now with my hand. Yes, she's holding her hand up <laughs> high, as a bar. <laughs> and then my own <laughs> skill sets and thoughts are just below it always. So, uh, no, but my own expecta- uh, expectation levels are always uh, higher than my skill set. And sometimes people will say like, oh, you have uh, such talent. And I'm like, yeah, you can have like the biggest talent in the world, but if you don't work hard, for it or on it and nothing will happen so i'm I'm, sometimes i'm annoyed if people like keep saying that over and over again and i'm like yeah but talent lots of people have talent for something but you have to work hard you know and uh and also then i still i never think of my work as being perfect or you know i am proud i think on what i do but i'm mostly proud more of the effort i put in and if I express something and I, uh, I'm able to express the thing that I wanted to, then I'm proud. But I'm never fully proud about techniques and stuff and uh, always learning. And sometimes I, it's a hit and miss. And uh, I, I also already always know when a work is not going to sell. <laughs> that stuff. Yeah. And, uh, Isn't it weird? Yeah, you just get that feeling. And I just but know. Don't you find sometimes though you're never surprised because I was just talking with somebody recently about that too. And yeah, on the other end, I also have this experience where I look at something and I just think like, oh, what a piece of garbage! But I, I have to put this in the show because I did it. Yeah. And then it may be the first thing to sell, or somebody's yeah. like, this is this is the best thing you've ever done. And yeah. you're like, oh man, I think it's the worst. What's wrong with me? <laughs> yeah, it's very recognizable. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I yeah, I uh, think, uh, I don't know. Sometimes it's also the work is not, the timing is wrong. Because sometimes I'll put out something older that has never sold before. And then people are strug- are like falling over each other to purchase it. And I'm like, oh, two years ago, where were you? You know? Uh, oh, I see what, yeah, yeah. yeah so okay. then it, uh, I was ahead of my time. <laughs> no. Yeah, by two years. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, two years. You just no, pat just... yourself on the back. Well, yeah. Oh my God, I was so ahead of my time. Yeah, I innovate myself. I wasn't even recognized <laughs> in my own time. <laughs> I'm such a good artist. <laughs> I'm like, Vincent That's Van Gogh. hilarious. And it also, it's not about selling. It's just like, when you sell, yeah. it's always like uh, people fall in love with the work. I think that's really cool when that happens. Yeah, but but I always see my own mistakes, and I uh, and they bother me so much sometimes that I ask work back, and I change it anyway after two years. Really? So, yeah. You'll, you'll get it back from a collector. So well, not from a collector. No, if it's oh okay, I see. But if it's not unsold, and yeah, I just. I, I can't, uh, yeah, I can't let go. And sometimes I destroy paintings as well. Often? Nah, I think maybe one or two a year, something like that. 
yeah. even if they're yeah. out there, like if they're on the internet, sometimes you'll see works. They don't exist anymore. Oh, yeah. no. wow, that's all that exists is that post. But I think, I think also when you probably have that as well, when you work with imagery, it is like this picture in your head and then uh, it can really bother you if it still exists and, and it's not good enough. It's yeah, like it, absolutely. you can't hide it, you know, it's right there. And uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, so some uh, are gone, but that's fine. Yeah, Sometimes, it's better that way. Yeah, you know, and it's all, uh, it's all good. I, I'm, uh, I don't have any regrets about work or uh, things I it's it's like a living uh, diary or something. Don't you have that? Yeah. When you look at your older work as well, that you can see stages in your life and the way you look at things. I've actually, you know, I, it's funny because I do every year, I've, in the last few years, I've gotten this habit that on New Year's or New Year's Day, do I do a day or night? Okay, I can't remember. But I post my first painting of the year and my last painting of the year side mm-hmm. by side. Because I, that happened to me a handful of years ago. I was looking at an old piece like that that just never went anywhere. And I looked and I remembered there was a brush stroke. And I'm like, I remember laying that down. It was like a diaristic mark. I was like, I remember the mood I was in. I was in a terrible mood. And then all of a sudden it brought back what happened. It was a total trigger point. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And that's and then I, that reminded me of a moment I had when I was in art school. Um, an instructor of mine, I can't remember this artist's name, but he befriended an abstract artist in the Bay Area who was pretty well known. And at that point, he was about 65 years old. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me that he went to this guy's house and he had the guy had one of his paintings from the 60s on his wall still. And he had worked on that painting on and off for like 10 years or something. And he was telling him each passage. He's like, this was in you know, 1972, I was married to a different woman when I did this. I, you know, was teaching when I did this mark. And it was really just kind of blew my mind that it, we are, no matter what the art is you're creating, in some sense, it is a diary. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, uh, it really imprints in your brain. And I, I uh, when I uh, make my work, I also, and if I see a painting, I remember the stuff that I was listening to. Uh, really? At the time I was creating it, you know, or I, I'm drawing a book and uh, every page I've drawn, I have memories of stuff I listen to that what is a little bit. <laughs> so I, I sometimes listen to like crime <laughs> shows. So it makes oh, it a little yeah. bit depressing sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah, like, like murder shows and stuff. Uh, yeah, exactly, like real uh, uh, things that really happened, and uh, I'm just really interested in this sort of the fray of life. You know, the the people that walk the edge and uh, and just experience different things than we do, or are differently built than most people in their brain. I really like yeah, that yeah. sort of uh, also female neurosis and uh, other stuff. So I listen to a lot of that stuff while I'm drawing or painting. And then sometimes <laughs> it just echoes with me, you know, when I see work. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. And yeah. I've, and also since living in the country that, that is even more there because I don't see my friends as much. So uh, reality is a little bit warped when you listen to a lot of that stuff and and music. Yes, it is. 
yeah, and yeah. then uh, and documentaries and stuff, and you don't have a lot of conversations yeah, during the week only on the telephone. Yeah, and it sticks with you in the work. It's weird. It's a, it's like an experiment. We were yeah. At- you kind of become like this <laughs> conduit, like it just comes out yeah. into you and then out your hands and into exactly. your brain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I sometimes wonder how much it influences my uh, work, but uh, yeah, people can figure that out when I'm dead. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Ooh, Martini Johanna, um, if if people still remember me. <laughs> yeah. How did you transition? Because um, now, not, not never knowing that you had this kind of uh, beginning in street art, how did you transfer from that to the work you're currently doing? Uh, well, uh, so yeah, we're doing some street art. I, I, uh, you know, I transitioned from doing paintings like a mural inside of a, like a nightclub in Amsterdam. Okay. I did a full mural on the inside. I started making bigger drawings on paper and, uh, then I started making paintings on panels I found on the street and, and from that, it transitioned more or less. And then I got into my first like uh, pop-up uh, exhibition. Okay. And uh, also with laser. Do you know laser? No, what's <laughs> laser? My ADD brain. <laughs> laser <is laughs> That's okay. 1.14 laser. Point. He does his texts in Amsterdam on the street, like quotes with laser. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought no, it was like a club ex- or something. No. <laughs> no, I'm really bad at remembering things sometimes. So okay, I I used to hang out with him, and uh, we had our. I had my first exhibition actually with him in a gallery, so that uh-huh. was so fun. And um, I don't know, it just started out from there, and people just fell for the works. They were quite dark back then, like I was in my dark period. Like I don't know, <laughs> I just missed my whole like growing up being a rebel thing, and I did it way after. <laughs> Yeah, and then you had to condense it in there. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Oh, watch out um, real quick. Just yeah. let me um, interrupt you. Watch out for the mic on your thing. If oh, you hit it, I'm it sorry. makes a lot of sound. No, no, it's fun. Okay. Yeah. No, it's good that you say it because I'll forget <laughs> it probably. <laughs> I'll uh, remind you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Around what year was that too that you started making or transitioning into the work you're doing now? Yeah, that's like uh, 2008. Okay. And that... Also, that's an interesting thing. For also for young artists out there trying to be an artist or want to make it. And first of all, things take time. <laughs> I think that's important also in social media world that things take time right. and effort. But also, I really thought I was the shit back then. <laughs> I had no reason for yeah. it at all to think that. Yeah, yeah. I thought it. I have no idea how that works, but I thought I was uh, super cool and hot and uh, and amazing. Like I had amazing skills. I was the best at what I did. And looking uh, back now, I, I've, <laughs> that was crap what I made. You know, <laughs> you know, hindsight, yeah, yeah. I was like, ah, I wasn't good at all. You know, you see, could see potential. Sure, sure. I would use my sort of. I had this. <laughs> oh you're gonna laugh so hard i had this alter ego <laughs> that i used as an artist name yeah and, what's uh, that for a long time it was delight delirium delight delirium yeah delight delirium nice. and it was one word 
And uh, uh-huh. it was from the Sandman <laughs> comics. Yeah, geek alert. I read the Sandman comics. Oh, yeah. I love them so much. They're, yeah, they were amazing. <laughs> amazing best, comics. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of the Sandman comics and about the Death comics as well, yep. and like the spin-offs. But, yeah, Lady uh, Death. But I felt like the light delirium because, you know, I came out of this sort of peaceful life where everything was about sort of soothing and pleasure. And then afterwards I came to Amsterdam and I was completely, you know, trying out anything almost. And this is wildlife. So I felt really connected to the persona, <laughs> which is... <laughs> Afterwards, insane. I felt like I was 16 or something, you know. Yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. But I think that ego maniac side that you have as an artist when you just start start out and you think you're the shit, it can really help to uh, put your stuff out there. So you you should use it and not abuse it because I abuse it also. (laughs) Yeah, I got into like fashion shows just for for saying Uh like, I am the light delirium. (laughs) 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 It's really ridiculous. I can't believe that people Uh actually were into that. But uh, yeah, as long as you believe in yourself, I think you can come really far. And if you, in the combination, we're working hard. Otherwise it's just like, you know, smoke and mirrors. It shouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, nothing's worse than having that ego and then not working hard. Yeah. That's just embarrassing. And then then, slowly you start to realize like, oh, I I am not the shit. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I I am. uh, I am uh, actually uh, I have talent, but if I want to get better, I have to work harder and do more. And so that's what I did. So I transitioned more into that and I started to do more exhibitions and then put my work out there ask people for their opinions, being open to conversations about anything. And that really worked well for me. So the internet has done a good uh, job for me in that sense. I think now, right now, if you come out with your art, it's much harder. I'm glad I had the opportunity to grow with the use of of the internet, like social media platforms. Growing side by side. Yeah, instead of if you come... And that right now it's uh, so too over- much, it's too much. Yeah, I think it's really hard yeah, for saturated. people to stick out, and also because it's now bought by uh, Facebook, the evil Facebook, exactly. Yeah. And they have much too much power, and they will push you out of feeds for commercials for big brands, you know. And uh, I, th- I think uh, if you don't have the numbers yet of followers, it's really hard to make a mark without making an ass of yourself. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's yeah. a great way to put it. Yeah. You kind of do have to make an ass of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I think especially once they um, change the the algorithm, yeah. that's what screwed a lot of it up. It was so much better when it was chronological. Yeah. Um, people grew organically. And then, you know, once you had that, and I still run into it now, like then it became business of, um, and I only became aware of this a couple of years ago about buying followers. And now I can yeah. notice when people do that. Yeah. And you're like, it's just, it's become this cottage industry. Yeah. You shouldn't have a go garbage. there. Because it's also. No, it's obvious. Yeah. It's, yeah. But it's also not good for your self-esteem. You, it's better to have real followers that really like your work or want to misuse your work or follow yeah, you yeah. for, you know, but don't buy followers. It's, uh, that's also smoke and mirrors, but not a good kind. It's not good for your self-esteem because you don't know what's real anymore. 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you start uh, believing the lie, maybe. Yeah, yeah, and also uh, thinking that you're more worthwhile because you have more followers. Uh, you know, I'm losing followers uh, a lot. You know, I don't know. Sometimes just completely random. Why? And I, I started not to give a shit anymore because <laughs> I think. Uh, I can, well, that's the best way. The the people that really engage with you is more important than the numbers. I think the numbers also yeah. like a pressure thing from Facebook because they want you to buy like a professional account. So sometimes they'll just screw up your <laughs> your uh, mind. Oh yeah, and, no, I, yeah. You know, about um, maybe about four or five years ago, uh, I was in New York for a bit. And there was an article that came out, and I, I think it might have been Wired magazine or something. It was really fascinating because it was kind of an expose on what Instagram actually does and their algorithm and the bots. And they were saying that with any, any person over a certain amount of followers and just you know throw a large number, let's say for argument's sake, or the, this example, it's 10,000. Mm -hmm. For anybody over 10,000, you can bet that at least one third of your followers are bots. Yeah. They're not real people. And those are bots that are sent there by Instagram. And what they do is then if you start to slow down on your posting, you know, you're not, because there's that, there's a term, I forget um, the techie term, time on site. That's mm -hmm. what they want because that's what they sell to advertisers, right? So if you're not spending time on this app, on this site, mm -hmm. these bots are programmed to start unfollowing you to trigger that panic of you seeing your numbers go down. Yeah. So then you start posting more because when you're posting more, you're doing a multitude of things. You're providing the platform with content, which I hate that word. Yeah. Um, you're on their you're on their app, and therefore you're also going to make more or bring more people to that. I mean, yeah. it's, it's entirely nefarious. So the whole thing yeah. with losing follow and it works. I mean, I know people, artists and non-artists, where they start to see that number go down, and there's a genuine panic that hits, and it's like, dude, you you don't even know these people. Who cares? They're, <laughs> yeah. And they're not even people. They're bots. So yeah. who cares? Yeah. And, and what's also, it's, you know, it's like a mind game also. And I, I, I question sometimes, like, uh, do these companies know what they are doing to people? They don't care. Because it has mental repercussions, you know. Uh, if people are online a lot, they sort of hang their identity on that whole uh, being online and, and presenting themselves, you start weighing your words more. You're thinking like, oh, did I say something wrong? Was I, you know, not uh, politically correct enough? Or did I not tag the right things? Or, you know, it's it's just uh, mind, mind fuck. Yeah, and that's, it is. It's, that's bad. It's just... Um, yeah, yeah, well, it's, we come back to the... Thing where we're not mentally prepared for the internet yet <laughs> <laughs> no maybe we yeah. never will be <laughs> uh, yeah i i think uh you know i'm the happiest when i'm making uh, work and uh just really creating something and when i have discussions with actual people about actual things and you know making up really cool projects and i think that you know the, those are the best things in life to have that reality and uh yeah and don't worry too much about digital uh stuff yeah I'm, absolutely yeah so again uh just 
remind me of the term. What, what's your master's in and what was your teaching? Creative research? Uh, yeah, so my master's was more in like communication, but it was for the design industry. Yeah. So about okay. concepting and how to build concepts that are really strong and, and, uh, and useful, like future concepts for also for brands. <laughs> and, I, oh, okay. and I was teaching in a branding department of a fashion uh, school. Uh, uh-huh. about ma- building con- uh, concepts that are more responsible, that have a real identity based on real ideals and how you carry out those ideals to the real world. And people will recognize you almost like a personality, like a person. Uh, okay. It's all very I- based on idealism, uh-huh. uh, which is, I think it's good. But it also, you know, if you use it for the wrong reasons, it's not real anymore. So I, I was always uh, like uh, to my students, like, yeah, if you think of something like you have an ideal and you want to really do something good within the design industry, uh, you have to believe in it. You can't just sell it as a, you know, marketing concept. Oh, I see. Okay. And, uh, and when it's a trick, people will know. Yeah. But uh, unfortunately, there are a lot of tricks I could imagine. out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And how is that applicable to your art? How do you incorporate well, it in your art practice? I, I think uh, that was more like what I liked about the teaching was more uh, about building, helping build a consciousness. With, uh, what do you mean? Uh, well, with, the, uh, with young students, they don't know a lot. They are not really informed about what's going on in the world or also how design works or art works. Or that's why we do this research, uh, did this research, sorry, project. Yeah. And uh, because they are like generations that have grown up with social media and the shallowness of it. So they don't know how things work most of the time. Mm-hmm. when they start out at uh, these schools. So what I really liked about it was like working on, you know, getting that knowledge and knowing what your ideals are and what your moral standpoint is and what do you want to change in the world or what do you want to carry out or like how do you make something that really feels good from the inside and doesn't, it's not only looks good on the outside. And I think, okay. I think in that, so I'm coming to my point, <laughs> no, 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 this is uh, great. I can be long winded, but, uh, so for me, what, when I started teaching the first years, it was really difficult for me to be for branding. You have to unravel everything. Like when you do research, you have to unravel everything and sort of know so much about this meaning. Like, uh, uh-huh. uh, what is the meaning behind things? Like what? Oh, it's like a reverse engineering, like kind of. Yeah. So you have to figure out, pick it out, uh, like uh, research everything. Know why, why constantly, why am I doing this? Why is it important? Why do I use this color? Why do I use this shape? Why do I use, you know, because color, shape, yeah. materials, all communication as well. Yeah. So why am I doing this? And then. Uh, I, what I was afraid of uh, as an artist it, by all that research that you undo everything from its magic does that make sense? 
Uh, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. yeah. Like if you unravel things too much, it loses its magical strength, you know, power. Yeah. It's, been, it's been a question I've had strongly for the last year is, yeah. is it possible to know too much? Yeah. Like how much do you leave as mystery? Yeah, exactly. But, so it's really interesting. <laughs> but. Yeah, but. So what is really interesting is like, at first I was gutted. Uh, having okay. to tell these people like you have to research it till the bone you have to know everything until the bone and you have to yeah. research and then know its meaning and why and and uh, until you have nothing left you know <laughs> <laughs> you have everything left actually but uh yeah. what it helped for me was describing my own work much better and right. and unraveling my own work much better and the meaning of the work but also writing about it and using more words, you know, researching language to describe what you're feeling or what you're making or how you see the world. So I, I've started to write much more. I always liked writing, but I started to like writing so much more because all of a sudden it was like language was also unraveling for me. And uh, it really helped me analyze my own work much better and also my own motivations and i think uh yeah so in the end it was added value that i taught others how to do research till the bone mm -hmm. and then <laughs> <laughs> and then uh understanding my own art much better and also the art of others but also realizing that the magic was not gone at all exactly yeah it yeah. only got more magical because uh, sometimes it's also really nice. Sometimes I don't understand something or, you know, I have trouble understanding it, but I d I'm not afraid to say that anymore. And also uh, I still see there's a lot of magic and a lot of unknown and mystery, and I can still be baffled and being able to unravel it at the same time. Uh, uh -huh. So I, I think it just added value really to uh, learn that. Yeah. Yeah, long Do you answer. Think that, no, that was an uh, amazing answer. Thank you for making it long-winded. <laughs> I noticed with your work through, it's, at least it seems to me, in the last few years, that there are more abstract elements being incorporated, that you could even say it's becoming like about design almost. Like mm -hmm. there was, uh, I love the, the piece you posted um, just a few days ago. It's a reclining figure. Yeah. With a, the black shapes. I love that painting. Thank you. It's those type of uh, the juxtaposition. Oh, no. I, I hate saying juxtaposition because no, the fans I... start making fun of me. You know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> no, but juxtaposition, it's like a, a, a very uh, worn out word, but it, it, it's it a does worn the out trick. word. Yeah. It does the trick. I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> I need to start replacing it, but it does do the trick. Yeah. Um, is, is that that type of research you're talking about help with that kind of evolution? Because you're thinking about those elements yeah. in a less mimetic way and you're seeing them as just shape and color. Yeah. I, uh, so the work I make is really autobiographical. So I, 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 I use uh, uh, my own dreams a lot and my experiences as, you know, the person who I am. And uh, uh, sometimes with a little fiction, I use that for everything I do. And but back then, uh, the show that 
the painting was in was called Dark Matter. Mm-hmm. And where was that at? Yeah, it, it was in uh, it was in Amsterdam. Uh, the show. Oh, okay. What's the gallery? It, at Koch and uh, I can't pron- Yeah, I can't yeah. pronounce. No, it. No, it's really that Koch. Koch and Bos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All your Americans out there, if you're contacting them, Koch and Bos. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're really cool people. I had to, I had a show there and, uh, it was just after my, um, my mother passed away and my mother-in-law had passed away and a good friend of ours within a month. No. Yeah. And a month? It, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, life. I'm yeah, saying yeah. that right now, but back then I was pretty messed up. I, I lost my <laughs> sure. father when I, uh, when I was 28 and, that was really impactful as well. So I was in the middle of these sort of really dark emotions and um, uh, we were traveling back and forth through the Netherlands to our mother, mother-in-law constantly to, because they both had cancer, you know, and it felt really like a shadow, overwhelming shadow. So that show um, was right after yeah, no, it was some time after. I I freehandedly drawn in uh, in uh, Photoshop this black shape, mm-hmm. just without looking. And I I have used that shape in all the works I made for that for that exhibition because I oh, in like different permutations yeah and just different, different cutouts and uh yeah, uh, yeah. either zoomed in or fallen apart and i used it for uh, all of the works of that exhibition and uh because it felt like a shadow still hanging over me you know the the sort of the process of um uh, grief and also like something was holding me back so the figure in the front is it looks like me a little bit, but it's not. I never do self-portraits, but uh, mm-hmm. it is like the female that's always in my work. And then behind her is this big black shadow. And then behind her is this sort of colorful uh, world that is sort of the portraying the inner world that I usually have because I have a lot of layers in my in my head, like thought layers and uh dreams and visions and because i i always have a full brain mm-hmm. uh, but there was this black cloud literally hanging uh in front uh yeah between me and my usual inner world so that's what that is a sort of a painting of uh so the abstract form just came to be in a moment of really feeling really bad and mm-hmm. uh I thought that just said it all without being something recognizable, you know? I I didn't want yeah. to use like black candles or other like popular imagery where we have all yeah. these associations with. Yeah, kind of narrative elements. Yeah, because I think yeah. that darkness or the blackness of the or the, the, the dark of feeling so uh bad it it doesn't have a recognizable shape. It overwhelms you in the moment. And it's, it's, uh, and at that point, it's mostly something you haven't known before and can really take up a lot of the space in your head. Right. So that's why yeah. I used it like that. Yeah. And I, I still use uh, abstract 
shapes in my paintings because I uh, really like the, yeah, sort of the mind shift. You know, the same thing I, I told you like before with the painting, the style of painting, it's like it's not real. That's mm-hmm. almost what I'm saying. Like it's not real. It's it's something new. It's unreal. It's not realistic. And but it still is. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I like to play with that sort of yeah strange uh, translation into uh, yeah composition. Right. So when you yeah. say like your works are autobiographical, yeah, they're in a more would you say like a symbolic or metaphorical sense yeah i mean obviously the the feeling isn't because they're coming from a real very real place in your life like the ones you're talking about yeah i think it's uh has to do with really my interest also not so much it's it has uh, it's my interest in uh like female neurosis and the way that women are portrayed lots time still as like hysterical and I, I wonder yeah is that hysterical part maybe it's just part of our being and why should we not have that why should we be should we be more male then or like these questions always pop yeah. up or is it even end. is it true yeah because I, I saw I hate to even talk about memes but this morning I couldn't sleep and so I was looking on reddit and there was a hilarious meme where somebody had, or not even a meme, I guess it's a meme now, I don't understand meme culture, but it was a tweet where somebody was saying, pointing out how in America, like one of the arguments people were saying against a female president is just that, she won't be able to control her emotions. Yeah. And then they they had tweets from Trump underneath that. Yeah. (laughs) And you're like... Perception, you know? Exactly. It's interesting. And uh, so I told you uh, before that, that, uh, you know, when I was growing up, I I have, I, I've grown up in a village quite near my, where I live right now. What what was the name of it? The village? (laughs) Uh, I live in Gelderland, which is a province. Gelderland, that's right. I've grown up in in a small town uh, nearby with like five churches. Uh-huh. And it was very conservative. And uh, for pastime, when people didn't have the internet yet, <laughs> right, right, uh, over there at least, they uh, uh, their pastime was gossip. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, in the end, like uh, because I my parents were more modern, I I also suffered like violence, and uh, in the end, also sexual violence, which has really sort of messed up my start in life. I'm good now, but uh, I'm still really uh, fascinated by that sort of gender blaming thing. You know, I always used to hear from uh, my mom. I mean, I love, I loved her. <laughs> we had a difficult relationship, but yeah. uh, she she meant well. She was really sensitive, and uh, yeah, she she just uh, figured that it was my fault, which is really hard when you hear that as a kid. Uh, yeah, because you know that's what society then, you know, uh, yeah, it sort of projects its morality on you because you are a girl and maybe you're wearing pants or maybe you're wearing tight pants, so maybe you ask for things to happen to mm-hmm. you, or even at an age where you know you 
had no sense of repercussions, let alone if you have ADD. I didn't know that back then. I've only known it right. since two years, actually. But, uh, wow. Yeah, so it, it was, uh, I, I, don't, I think that the inner world, the female world, that's a perspective that I'm really interested in. How, yeah, as a female with my background, how I look at the world, uh, how you try to portray yourself or and you know on the outside and what's going on in the inside i think that's a really nice sort of dance between reality and and sort of fantasy life you know mm-hmm. because every female i know does it in one way or another how to really? portray yourself to the outward world and it's like you know, somehow almost yeah, always thinking about other people's expectations of you because you have more to prove. I'm just, you know, talking from this perspective because that's my interest. Um, yeah, yeah. But it, but it is true. And, you know, like female artists, female artists, when they just uh, leave school and they're like young, fresh and new, then they're interesting for galleries to work with. And then things stop often and until they're quirky old ladies and they're nice and strange. And then all of a sudden they're interesting again. Men don't but have in, that problem. In, no, no. And so that in between is like an abyss. Yeah. Of, because it's, you know, you're in your thirties or forties or whatever. And then you're yeah, like too normal or you're not special enough. Yeah. You're not pretty enough. Not eccentric yet. Or not eccentric yet. And that's a weird thing. You know, that yeah. that happens. And uh, I, I mean, uh, I consider myself lucky uh, that, you know, off and on it just goes quite well. I never talk about my age because I don't think it's important. I mean, the collectors know, but uh, I, I don't like to talk about it because I don't want to be categorized. Yeah, you know, no, I agree with you. I don't think it should be brought up to, with anyone. I, I would th- with anyone, I, yeah. Like it, be, yeah. I like it better when artists don't do that. It actually kind of bothers me a little in their statements when it's like, "I was born in blah blah blah." I'm like, I don't <laughs> want to know that about you. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and also, uh, I used to not even say if I was a woman or not because I found really? that hindering. Yeah, yeah, but I, I let it's go terrible. of that stuff right now because yeah. i'm like i can't you know it's yeah how far can you take it but uh right. it, it is just interesting that the so the the work i make is always it, it has this sort of hint of internal conversation so I, I use a lot of doubles like two persons in one painting that mm-hmm. have sort of interaction with each other almost like conversations with yourself I'm doing it again with the microphone. <laughs> you caught it. I was just about to say yeah. something. <laughs> so uh, I talk with my hands a lot. I'm a teacher. <laughs> no, <laughs> people don't see that. But <laughs> I have one hand in my pocket, forcing <laughs> myself. One waving around. <laughs> yeah. Precariously. But uh, yeah, no. So I have these a lot of these doubles. Like the internal conversation is in there a lot. It, there's a lot of I paint with pretty colors like to draw you in and then when you look longer at the work you start noticing it's not that uberly happy or you know sometimes it's you know 
has this restlessness and this sort of self-criticism yeah. over it or uh, trying to pose or so it's subtle but I, I like that juxtaposition <laughs> <laughs> <Touché. All> right. <laughs> no but i like i like the contradictions you know because that's yeah, yeah. all of, of our personalities have contradictions in them we all want to be liked for who we are but we also want to look good and yeah, I don't know. It's I no, just I, find man, it interesting. That is such an excellent point. How we do everybody exists in some sort of contradiction. It's impossible not to. Yeah, and it's I think it's healthy as well. It's human. Yeah, it is human. It's not uh, bad. I don't yeah, no, I, I'm treading on uh yeah. <laughs> I have to be Come careful on. what I say. Go there. Go I don't, there. Go I there. Fa- <laughs> I think the word woke is the most fake word in used in too many sentences. I think it's is okay it, to say that. I, I, I actually I'll, I'll agree with you too. I don't believe I it. I don't believe in wokeness. I think it's good yeah. to aim for something like that. To be yeah. aware of your fellow humans and you know treat everybody with respect. But nobody is woke. Nobody is. Just not, you know? Everybody yeah, has no. their sort of prejudices and you've been taught that from when you were very young. And uh, it's really hard to get rid of them because that's what you're in, imprinted with. And all we can do is our best to, uh, well, at least not hurt somebody. I think that's like a no-go. But being woke is sort of a perfectionism of this age that is you can't you can't be completely woke it's just impossible and people that say that they are woke I, they're just assholes <laughs> i just like I no, it's, yeah. Nah, it's, yeah i don't believe in that yeah well and i don't think it, for me too it's not just this idea of that specifically but i'm very wary when anything becomes a brand and I don't care what side it's yeah. on, you know, if we're going to go the binary, you know, thing of right and left, because when you have a brand, then you have everybody, you know, I think the term now is virtual virtue signaling. It's, it's, I'm going to say that mm-hmm. I'm this brand just because I want to be on your team. Yeah. And there's nothing worse than being disingenuous. I think, especially when there's serious problems like we're seeing in the United States right now. Yeah. It's- and you're right too, on top of that. It's unachievable. It's unachievable, but also you take the wind out of the sails for real change because you're so busy trying to pose as something you are not uh, that you forget about real action. You know, go vote, for instance. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Make some effort. (laughs) Be nice to people. Be nice to people. If you do something shitty, say sorry and mean it. Yeah. Admit you're wrong. uh, Try to be a good person, but you're never going to be a perfect person. I think that's also a wrong message to give to following generations, uh, like trying to achieve perfection. Because what is it, you know? Because everybody has a different opinion about what perfect is. Well, and the goal changes too with each, um, you know, coming of the years. Like, cause, because we're improving, so that goalpost should be moving yeah. too. So it's like. What was perfect in the mid '80s is definitely not perfect now. That no. was a weird time. <laughs> yeah, but every time is a weird time. Exactly. That's it, my point. So yeah. then, in ten more years, that it's going to be a different perfection will be a different thing. So it's. It, I think you know somebody told me once it's um, what did how did they put it? Something like practice, not perfection. Yeah. 
Look at look at the now and look what you can change. And then that perfection will take care of itself. Yeah, and you can't live your life only for others. You also have to live it for yourself because otherwise, uh, you know, you yeah, you tire yourself out. And uh, you have to find sort of a balance and uh, keep learning, but don't get force-fed all these opinions. And uh, yeah, you have to figure it out for yourself as well. As long as you're good to people and uh, don't do wrong and stand up for what's right, I think that's already more than anyone can expect. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. How did you and when did you start branching into these other projects like music in books when i stopped teaching sorry students oh, <laughs> i love oh. you <laughs> no i i love my students so, so uh no i i uh, i found after some time of recuperating because i i needed really time and uh i found out like oh i really loved writing so much why, why am i not writing so i made started I bought these little notebooks and I started writing again, just little like poetry and, uh, or just uh, things I dreamt because I have the most yeah. amazing weird dreams ever. And they are reoccurring with like other people in it. And it's really hmm. cool. And so I started writing that down and, uh, I started to sing bath songs so that I sent you a little song. I, I sang it in, in my bathtub. <laughs> Not to know. <laughs> So I was really clean. <laughs> I sang yeah. it. No, but it, it just has good acoustics in the bathroom, you know. That's why people oh, okay. sing in the shower. But yeah, yeah, I know it does. <laughs> I recorded it in my bathroom. Nice to know. <laughs> okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to do more because I really like make anything. Like I love photography as well, but I really lo uh, love writing. I love singing. Apparently, I. I didn't know I could sing, but I, uh, I, I can sing a little bit. So yeah, that's what I'm doing, and uh, um, and I, I yeah, and I've drawn a book as well. I'm gonna bring that out soon. But it's what is it? What's the, the what type of book? Yeah, so uh, I'm gonna make a noise with my. Uh, so nobody at home is gonna see this. It's my book is called Ghost Mothers. Okay. And it's made out of drawings and, that was gorgeous. and a story. That is beautiful. Yeah. And uh, I'm looking at the book now for anyone listening. Yeah, it's, I'm just and flipping it's through, amazing. unprofessionally flipping through it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's perfect. It's large too, a large yeah, book. It's an A3 uh, size uh, book. A3, okay. Yeah, yeah I'm going to bring it out hopefully in November. I've drawn this book when I was doing some research in, um, I don't know how you say it, genealogy? Is that when you yeah, do family yeah. research? Family tree. Yeah, yeah, family tree research. So I did some family tree research. Uh, and I I would have these weird dreams about a house. I'm showing John right now a house that I've drawn. It's the first page of the book. It's a gorgeous drawing. What's the house? Yeah, the house is like... It's a Victorian style house uh, that changes shape constantly in my dreams. Uh -huh. And when I go in there in my dreams, there's always other women around. Uh, uh -huh. But I don't have conversations with them. They're just there. And they're from all types of ages. So 
uh, I was dreaming that. And during my recuperation process of, you know, having a burnout and, uh, uh, I was dreaming that constantly and I was doing the genealogy research for my family and I was writing a little bit fiction altogether okay. <laughs> and I yeah, can do yeah. stuff a lot. ADD people will recognize this. <laughs> and, uh, so I was doing these things simultaneously and then I found out through the research of my family that every time, uh, I saw a woman's name, Going further back into time, I think I went back to 1565. Wow. Uh, that every time uh, the man was mentioned, the head of the family, uh, his name mm -hmm. was always spelled correctly. But every time I saw the female, like the wife, uh, every time her name was spelled differently because they didn't give a shit <laughs> about yeah. what the name Holy of the shit. of the wife was so the some, matriarch, yeah. yeah some of these uh, women's names have uh, about five different spellings i've put them in the back of my book okay wow i'm looking at the names and all the different spellings yeah, yeah. so uh, i've yeah i used them as an inspiration uh, because i thought they did matter of course yeah because as my four mothers so to say, we always say yeah. forefathers, but they're four, four mothers. mothers. They, you know, almost all of them died really young. They had multiple children uh, of whom also a lot of uh, children died uh, at a young age yeah. because that was those days. But those women lived hard lives and, uh, and you could see that the men were, would grow much older than them. And, uh, I found a sort of lack of appreciation and respect in those files uh, of not even being able to spell their name correctly. It's disgusting, yeah. Yeah, and it's not that they did it on purpose. It's not intentional, but it's this sort of, it feels like not appreciating the role of a female, you know, within household right yeah it wasn't an intended then. malice yeah, yeah it just it, it signifies it signifies the stat the yeah and then you know in uh, 1918 uh women got their votes uh, men had to be over 21 women had to be over 30 and and uh, it's it's all quite recent still i mean it's only uh you know uh, 100 years that we yeah. had the right to vote i don't know i found it really it's still, and it still echoes until today, you know, in lots of things we're so used to, you know, women being the weaker sex or something because, you know, we have less muscles <laughs> or, yeah, you yeah. know, I, I, I find that whole, I, I really like femalehood and the mystery also of it, of being a female and this sort of magical side. And I really want to embrace that. So I, I hope I do that with my work as well as with my drawings or my writings. In the book, yeah. Yeah, and in the yeah. book, uh, the story is uh, about, it's um, autobiographical. So it's it okay. tells a little bit of, of my childhood and the difficulty I had. And uh, also uh, parts of my story because I had a lot of imagination as a child already. And mm -hmm. I would make up stories constantly and, you know, uh, live in this sort of half reality always. 
and and then it's partly made out of my dreams uh, and of sort of fiction. And I've woven them together into one story about this main character that goes through this process of becoming part of the house. And the house is... Like literally becoming a part of the house? Well, uh, no, figuratively as the house, because the house transforms, but the house stands for Mm -hmm. uh, history and all the women that came before us that had their own imagination, their own life and their own magic and uh, lived their life, but they're all part of us. So the main character also becomes in the end part of the house. And I'm not spoiling it because it's a completely strange story. (laughs) It's not linear at all. So it's, uh, it's, it's also constantly in the past and in the now I've written it. uh, Oh, okay. It jumps time. Yeah. 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 Okay. I've written it like a dream. So, uh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. And then the, the images that you just saw, they are from the same world, same house, but they're different moments that happen in the house and they are not described in the story. Only the middle part is. Okay. Yeah. And the middle part is, uh, this. I think you're going to like that. She showed me another picture. Oh, that is cool. Can I describe it? Yeah, <laughs> you can. I don't even know how to describe it. There's this drawing of a, this large forest with a television in the center. And then there's this, is that like a, what's, oh, there's beds surrounding it. Yeah. And then a spiral carpet. Yeah. Underneath. Uh, it's, wow. It, it, what, I can, I'm trying, like at first I'm like, oh, that looks very David Lynch. It looks like Twin Peaks, but it's not. <laughs> oh, I love David Lynch. That's beautiful. Yeah, Lynch is amazing. Yeah. Big influence. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, so that uh, middle part is uh, about a girl that watches television at night, and like a black and white television that takes a long time to warm up. And uh, that's okay. me, actually, that girl, because I used to have this big ass <laughs> black and white television. And then when it warms up, nobody can imagine this right now, but <laughs> uh, it would have this like gray static. Yeah, and uh, really noises. It almost became like abstract music, and I would dance to it when I was little. Oh no way! And then when it start heated up, I would like uh, uh, just middle of the night. I would watch uh, what's that called again? Uh, the show Twilight Zone. I was just gonna say Twilight Zone. Yes. That was on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, <laughs> big influence. Also, I love yeah, the Twilight yeah. Zone. And there, in the Twilight yeah. Zone, there's this little girl that says his rhyme. I think it's from the Twilight Zone. It's a childhood okay. memory. Says his rhyme aloud, and then the wall opens up, and a big and a big gray bearded man comes out of the wall and takes her with him. It's really scary. <laughs> and then, okay, and the hole in the wall disappears, and then the girl's gone forever. But I really wow. lo- love those stories. A lot like I uh, like horror stories with like the house twists and uh, not uh, not gore, but like Stephen King like stories or yeah, yeah, it's something that's more like between a fantasy yeah. and bizarre, yeah. And, uh, yeah, a little Twilight Zone, Dave Lynch like, yeah, 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 love that stuff. Yeah, Twilight Zone was amazing. Did you ever? Did you? Uh, although it it leaned a little bit towards goreish in some respects, but they did um. Ah, uh, what was the Netflix series House on Haunted Hill? Oh, oh, that was so good. 
It was. I didn't like the ending. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I also taught uh, like uh, film uh, making at uh, school. So uh, a a little bit of script writing, but uh, mostly art direction and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, no, art direction was really good and had these real scary moments, really good scripting. And yeah, it's just an amazing series. Really well done. Yeah, and I love that the mythology like you're doing of the house that's something that reminds me it's very much like the the mid to late 70s into the 80s there were so many great stories about yeah. the mythology of a house like there was even um a movie in the early 80s called house that made a series out of it's a horror movie yeah but i mean i know the, the, <laughs> i'm trying all fan. these are coming in um <laughs> and then in the 70s it was always before we had the satanic panic, there was all those great seventies, like Satan movies, devil movies. And it was always in the attic, you know, yeah, that's where the yeah, ritual yeah. happened. Yeah. And, possessed houses. Uh, there's something about Amityville. Yeah, exactly. And as I really like those kind of stories because it, it like, I think history kind of echoes, it echoes through our lives and, but also through the, the, the stuff that we have around us, you know, I really like uh, also Victorian era and, uh, oh, yeah. the ghost mania back then and uh yeah I, I think houses carry memories you know i i'm not so much i'm not a, i'm a christian on paper <laughs> still <laughs> on paper <laughs> just in case okay no. <laughs> yeah, yeah but uh Hedge your bets yeah <laughs> no i i i believe i don't believe in like a man on the clouds um i don't believe in scripture necessarily but i do believe in like energy and I think that energy can echo through ages. And also that mm-hmm. works also for me, like houses have their uh, sort of history that's in their bones and you can feel it. And I, I like that whole romantic side of it, you know, yeah. uh, that hurt lingers and sort of historical events uh, lingering. I'm not so much yeah. into ghost hunters and that's kind of stuff. I, I <laughs> yeah. but, uh, yeah. but I like that idea of, uh, historical things having weight and the weight yes, of age yeah. and of experience because we only get to live one life but those things have you know seen so much more and i like that sort of lingering history and happening. i do too yeah emotion. isn't it so it's it's so strange how it's such a uniquely human experience we're the only creature on the planet that's aware of history and it's such yeah. a weird burden to carry when you really think about it. Yeah, especially that, because everybody's afraid to die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm I mean. It goes both like ways. I'm evil. But <laughs> no, but it's, oh, man. You know? Well, right. That's what comes with it. The knowledge that there was a past then automatically puts forth the idea that there is a future. And that means you're not going to be a yeah, part of it. You're not going to be in it. No. And, that's, and everybody wants to leave something behind. Prefer yes. not legacy, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. but it's it's interesting. I think uh, there's a lot of fear in uh, in uh, you know being afraid of death, and then religion comes into play, and just uh, you know to be on the safe side, or uh, like, uh, and also to have something to believe in. I think it could be just ideals, but uh, you know some people need more of a community feeling. I think that's for everybody there, right? Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. Now I'm babbling. <laughs> no, no, no. That's a totally on point. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. So, uh, well, yeah. I don't know. 
Uh, yeah, no, I, I completely lost my point, actually. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Well, what, I'm wondering, too, what do you plan? So you have the project of the book. What What yeah. are your plans for music? Yeah, so um, uh, I just I created a SoundCloud. I don't know if that's uh, so hip right now, but uh, it's probably not. With uh, the rappers, it is. <laughs> to be a SoundCloud rapper. Really? Like, oh, okay. That, that's the shit, well, apparently. I'm not a rapper, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, I, I, uh, yeah, I, I love to create small songs. I'm also working with a friend of mine, uh, uh, Aaron, and uh, he's bringing out like more of a digital deep house album. I'm just ha- helping okay. him out a little bit, and I'm gonna sing on his album as well, which is completely different style as what I'm doing myself. Because have I, you ever done anything like that? No, it's just new for me. This is all brand new. It's okay. all brand new, oh. and uh, but I really love it, and uh, I, I just, uh, I think uh, it's a nice, interesting thing to explore. I don't think I'm gonna be like the next Grimes or, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. a pop star, uh, hot. Uh, I don't want to be that actually. I just really like the expression because it's so in the moment, and it creates yeah. a mood, and then it's gone again. You know, in the painting, right, right. you can stare at it. It can be with you constantly, but uh, yeah, the song. Yeah, paintings are like, it, paintings are frozen moments. Yeah, exactly. And that's what's really beautiful about them. But yeah, you're right. The thing with music, it's amazing that it can, uh, what's the right word, trigger a feeling and then it's gone. Yeah. And it can be annoying as hell as well. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm saying that I may, I'm going to make a point. <laughs> okay, okay. You know, these tunes that stick in your head. I had this, oh my God, I had yes. this side effect uh, of uh, burnouts in the first uh, year, year, where I had uh-huh. uh, constantly the same tune, but like a commercial tune, like do 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 something. Jingle, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In my head, uh, 24 hours a day, when I got oh. stressed, and it was so loud in my head, it just took up all the space over my normal thought layers and uh that just drove me insane i i I now i'm rid of it i mean only when i get really stressed it comes back Uh, but i found it really interesting because when i started singing that sort of helped so it's also uh, maybe it's some sort of therapy i don't know so i now make up tunes of my own so i don't have to listen to yeah it's somebody else's yeah (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. Are you writing uh, lyrics then? Because you do a lot of writing. Yeah, I, I also write lyrics and uh, little rhymes, and sometimes the the or like poetry. I I don't know if I want to call it poetry, but l- like these writings, they don't work as lyrics, and and then uh, things work as lyrics sometimes, and then I use it. But uh, and sometimes I improvise. So the song I sent you is an imp- improv. Song in the bathtub. Oh, is it? Wow. Yeah. In the bathtub. <laughs> yeah, I recorded it once uh, at that moment, and that that is it. And we just took out all the, you know, the static a little bit from the bathroom. Yeah. How does the creative process for those things, let's say, like your experience so far with writing songs, how does that differ, or is it the same with painting? I think it's more in the moment when uh, with the song, it's, uh, for me, I'm not a professional musician by any means. Uh, but the song is just a moment when I'm sad or it's any mood, any female hysterical mood. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'll just translate that at that moment in a song. 
So, uh, you know, just, yeah, a lot of it is about love or friendship or other, or just weird. But it's, you would say it's more, oops, it's more spontaneous. Yeah, than, it is. Than, than yeah. yeah, I'm just, sometimes I'm just like tired and, but I'm in the mood and I go into the bathtub and I sing a song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I also sing, I, I, we actually build a studio now in our house. Uh, my yeah. husband is uh, also an artist, Louis Reit. Yeah. Yeah. I love his work. Completely different work. He's much more yeah. calm down than I am <laughs> and stable. <laughs> uh, and he uh, has built a studio and he makes beautiful music. Like he is such a, he's, so talented, but he works hard as well. And uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's really good at it. And uh, what is he? What instruments does he use? Yeah, he uses like the uh, keyboards and uh, oh, okay. And uh, yeah, just the computer and like computer programs. Everything is so easy nowadays. Like everybody can be a musician with these programs. You know, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, yeah. So that's what he uses, a lot of uh, electro okay. stuff. And I uh, like um, uh, Korg. Do you know Korg? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. As well. I do a lot of music myself. Yeah. So I use a lot of... Yeah. I, uh, well, I, I did know that a little bit, but uh, I haven't really heard something from you. Do you... You knew that? Well, I think you mentioned it somewhere, or maybe oh, probably about yeah. Because I, of course, I googled your podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, okay, yeah. I like yeah, it. I probably mentioned it, maybe even too much, but I like to, yeah. I like to do research, Don. <laughs> Very good. I'm impressed <laughs> to know what you're getting into. Well, it'd actually be weird if you didn't. Yeah, <laughs> who is this guy? <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, yeah, but uh, do you bring it out as well? Like, do you? I haven't in a while. Like I used to do a lot of touring and then I stopped playing for a long time. And then um, it was kind of the sounds the same um, as a husband. Is that fair to say? Are you guys married? Sorry. Yeah. You did say husband. Yeah. 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 yeah, It was recently I like, I stopped completely for years and then it was back in September or August. I got the iPad and that's when I started using procreate. And then I started looking into music programs and I was completely floored. The gap that I had between yeah. playing music was probably eight years. And the technology grew so exponential that what I can do on the iPad, it would take a whole studio 10 years ago yeah. to achieve that. Yeah, it's great. crazy. And so it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. We, so I do a lot of electronic stuff now. Yeah, we do. Uh, yeah. We use uh, FL Studio. Okay. And yeah, yeah. Omnisphere and uh, stuff like that. And uh, yeah, it, yeah, it's really cool. The things you can do with it. And uh, yeah, we're just experimenting, really. And I'm uh, also going to record my book completely. Like the whole story, I'm going to record it. I'm going to uh, uh, yeah, do like, oh, like an audio, audio book? book. But yeah, yeah. Uh, that's only going to be there with the limited edition of the book where you can okay. buy the tape as well. So we're going to bring oh, out 50 uh, versions with a tape. With yeah. my uh, voice recorded, telling the story. When are you going to release that? <laughs> yeah, I think November, as of now. We think about November oh, okay. to release it. Oh, yeah. that's soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, sorry. 
that look no, on your fine. face. <laughs> I'm not stressed at all. <laughs> no, it's, yeah. So, and uh, I'm recording also small verses, like the or the small uh, poetry. I'm recording that and uh, and like the small songs. But I'm taking my time because it's not the same as my artwork. You know, I live from being an artist and. Uh, and uh, all those things are just side projects that I really enjoy to do. Yeah. 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 Amazing. I, I do have just one. So like the nothing's been scripted, but I do have one scripted question. Yeah. Because I did my research. Oh. Um, no, it's, it's not a saucy one. <laughs> it was very curious. There's on your website, you have a quote from Sylvia Plath from the Bell Jar. Yeah. That's a, a very beautiful quote. Um. Do you want to read it or do you want me to read it? Uh, do you hear me clicking? <laughs> <laughs> She's going for it. I'm going. Uh, yeah. So maybe I can read it, right? Yeah, that'd be great if you could read it. Yeah, so I have this quote. The last thing I wanted was infinite security and to be the place an arrow shoots off from. I wanted change and excitement and to shoot off in all directions myself like the colored arrows from a 4th of July rocket. Why did you include it on there? Well, I think uh, sometimes um, we, you know, as I'm going to go big now, guys, okay. as a society, <laughs> that's uh, big. big. Like that's home. the biggest thing. <laughs> uh, you, you know, we have all these expectations of people, but um, there's, of, I, I still notice that f of women, expectations are a little lower. And uh, yeah. I think, uh, you know, if you're a white woman, woman, you have more or, you know, there is more expected of you. Uh, if you have some kind of color or ethnicity, then expectations get lower. I think that's a shame. Uh, it's an outrage. I think uh, as females, we should want to be able to shoot out of you know, in, into the universe and do whatever you want to do. Don't uh, expect so much from yourself to, you know, uh, to have like, uh, yeah, morals direct you or just do whatever you want and should have that freedom to experience the world the way you like it without being judged. Because women are being judged for, things that men are not being judged for, but applauded for. And I think uh, we all should, as humans, should have the same freedom to experience the world and discover it on your own way without being in danger or uh, without being judged, you know? Just yeah, absolutely. as a human being. Not, you know, who cares what body you're born in? You know, you should be able to... Uh, it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter. It should not matter at all who you are. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's just really important. For me, that quote is really about a sort of hunger for freedom without having to face, uh, you know, the judgment of others. Yeah. Right. Or the danger. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. And I think that's a good place to end. We're at two hours. Oh, wow. That was a good conversation. Yeah, it goes by quick. I told you. Yeah, um, it does. What do you have? Um, you have some stuff coming up, yeah? You have a lot coming up. But specifically, yeah. I think you have a show with Hashimoto, right? 
Yeah, I uh, I do. I uh, first I have a, a solo in uh, September in New York, which I'm working on right now. Uh, I and that's what out. Only have yeah, I just started and I only have two months to finish it. So uh, that's nice. I like to work under pressure. <laughs> under pressure, <laughs> I actually do. Good. Uh, and then uh, yeah, I have the book coming out. Uh, and uh, Wait, where's um, sorry, let's back up real quick though. September in New York, what gallery? That's, uh, that's Hashimoto, uh, or? Messi, Messi and Klein. Oh, okay, Messi and Klein. Yeah, sorry. And uh, they represent me in New York. And uh, yeah, and then Hashimoto is uh, next year in uh, in spring, which I'm also looking oh, okay. forward to because I really love working with Ken and uh, and yeah, it's an awesome guy, awesome yeah, gallery, yeah. Yeah, so uh, optimistic also. I really like that energy, you know, getting things done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, super. Kids of shit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, lots of things coming and uh, and it's going good. So, um, uh, yeah, I'm just in a happy, happy place right now. Yeah. I love working and creating stuff and uh, and talking to fellow artists, which is awesome. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Thanks so much for doing this. It was really uh, a pleasure to talk to yeah, you. Yeah, thank you. That. I'm a big fan of your work, and you know that. Thank you. I haven't even yeah, talked likewise. about you, but uh, I guess uh, can't do this that every time. This isn't about me. This no. is about you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, no, I don't like talking about me. That's why I like doing this. It's purely ah, a selfish thing. Yeah. I like to hear about other artists. Yeah. That's great. Thank you again. This was uh, really amazing to chat with you. Yeah, I had a, a lot of fun too. Good. Yeah. I'm glad. All right. Well, next time we'll have to do it again. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. All right. Let's do that. Thanks, Martin. I so want this to be something. I so want this to be like. I so want nothing that is not a feeling. I am all over this land. Come now, my only friend. It's a shiny, shiny day. Come when the lights and dissipates, I'll be fleeting like a sand.